0: Education, health, climate,
1: and what we can do about it all.
0: Welcome to our 220th program of Think Again, broadcasting from the 3CR studio on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Think Again is a program of Borderlands Cooperative, an organization that's been working for social change for over 25 years. I'm Jennifer Burrell, and today I'm joined by Geordie Silverstein, who will help us better understand the current devastating crisis in Gaza and some of its history and context. Geordie Silverstein is an executive member of the Australian Palestine Advocacy Network, or APAN. She's a Jewish historian and writer based in Melbourne, and she's worked extensively sorry, and she's worked extensively with Palestinians in Australia and elsewhere. Welcome to the program, Geordie.
1: Thanks so much for having me. Mm.
0: So firstly, Geordie, can you tell us a bit about APAN and your own background, especially as relating to the long Israel-Palestine conflict?
1: Sure. So I joined APAN um, a couple of years ago, joined the board. Um, but ATAN has a much longer history and came together as sort of a civil society organisation, um, to advocate for Palestine. There were, um, a lot of organisations, um, who were keen to, um, sort of, yeah, develop a platform and a network, um, for advocacy for Palestine, um, in all sorts of civil society realms. Um, so I was really honoured. Um, to be able to join the the executive a couple of years ago to be elected onto that. My own personal background is that I'm Jewish. Um, I'm on one side of my family, the descendant of Holocaust survivors who came to Australia as stateless refugees in the late 40s. On the other side, descendant from um, British Jews. Um, And, yeah, I work as a historian. I study Australian Jewish history. I study Australian migration history. Um, But... Yeah, I I have for a very long time now been deeply committed to working with Palestinians um, and to do that, you know, as as in part an expression of my Jewishness and also an expression expression of my humanness um, and my ideas about the necessity for working, you know, in all sorts of collaborations and contexts for solidarity and justice.
0: Mm. So thank you for that. Geordie uh, can you so can you help us make sense of the current unfolding tragedy in Gaza and, and um, give us maybe some of bit of the history and context for what's happening
1: yeah sure I guess yeah, the first thing to say is that it is just such an immense tragedy and and mm. I know many listeners will be reading a lot and and seeing a lot online um, and the footage is genuinely horrific and my heart just really goes out to any Palestinians who might be listening, any but not just Palestinians. I know so many people um, are deeply affected um, by what is happening. And if you have kin and comrades who are there in Palestine or who are Palestinian, you know, I really, I really send my love and solidarity um, mm. to you um, in this time. I think so, you know, it's so... In terms of thinking about, you know, how how does this current moment happen? There's so many different ways of telling the story, and I, you know, also want to be really clear that how I will tell the story is very different to how Palestinian will tell the story, and you know, and and any, you know, everyone would tell the story kind of in different ways, and it's always hard to know, for these stories where is starting point mm-hmm. for it. Um, any starting point I also want to say is you know kind of provisional and and you know where we might start, but. You know, we, you know, we can start with remembering, We you know, we have to remember Palestine um, before the creation of Israel, and Israel was created in forty eight. Before that creation, Palestine has, you know, a really rich, long history um, as a really vibrant uh, society. You know, there's, there's the Mediterranean there, it's, there are port cities, it's a place where people migrate to um, and work. Um, it's you know, rich and complex cultures, mm. um, and I think we always need to remember that that the isn't just this conflict; isn't you know, this isn't the sum total of of what Palestine doesn't you know into history at the moment when Israel is created. Mm. And in the same way, you know, that the Jews also have you know a really long history um, on that land as well, um, which you know a lot of people would be familiar with as well um, of living on it and living on it um, amongst non-Jews and not living on it in in this way that we see now of sort of trying to control um, everything that happens there and and to claim the totality of the land, but instead living amongst other people. And and Jews and and non-Jews lived really well in Palestine together for for quite a while. Um, And then, you know, we see anti-Semitism rising in Europe Jews are looking for ways to escape. We see, you know, the birth of Zionism as a direct response to European anti-Semitism, um, the idea being created that the Jews need a nation-state of their own if they're to not face this anti-Semitism. Um, and before the Holocaust, Zionism is a really marginal political project. It's, it's not widely um, embraced by Jews. Um, so there are sort of um, waves of migration of Zionists to um, Palestine uh, before the Holocaust um, over the yeah nineteenth and twentieth centuries, um, so we see this kind of I guess things shifting, you know, really as a result um, of anti-Semitism um, and responses to that, and also you know we have this moment where the rise of the nation state. So the nation state also you know has not always been around. We've seen all sorts of formations of of how politics and community can be organized. Um, but what happens is as the rise the sort of global rise of the nation state and the idea that that's how what self-determination can look like for a lot of people happens but ha- you know it all kind of happens at the same moment. And so we see um, the you know the British mandate over Palestine um, and then the British say to the Zionists like you can have this land or get you know we see all this um, colonial presence and and the ways in which Europe continues to play with people's lives
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, in the Middle East.
0: And there was, sorry Geordie, there was the idea too that it was terra nullius, so look, no one's really here and we'll hand this land to you.
1: Exactly. So yeah, and so Zionism has the saying, you know, a land without a people for a people without a land. Um, And that's a really, you know, it's this really pissy saying, but exactly, you know, it's terra nullius, and in Australia we can really relate to that. Um, idea of, of just a total erasure of the, of the people. And so Israel gets established and of course there are people there, there's Palestinians um, and we see this creation of what becomes, you know, a settler colonial relationship um, between Israel and, and Palestine um, and Israelis and, and Palestinians um, where and, and we see that sort of evolving. So the UN um you know, of course, you know establishes Israel, um, but does so in, you know, terrible ways that that apportions more land um, to Israel than to Palestine, and and that's not accepted. And so we see a series of wars of, over territory. Israel has actually never formally declared its borders, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. So so to bring us to Gaza, in in at uh, the sort of the end of the what's called. What's called by Israel the War of Independence by Palestinians is the Nakba, or the catastrophe, where there's, you know, massive displacement of Palestinians. Um, Palestinians are forced out of their villages and forced into particular areas. Many are killed, Um, and you thought this is the creation of the Palestinian diaspora and why Palestinians have ended up, you know, all around the world. Um, and, you know, Nakba is such a crucial moment and, and, you know, we see, you know, Palestinians will still have the keys to their houses. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the houses that they were expelled from. Mm-hmm. So this continues and, and we can't, you know, we can't tell the story of, of the current day without understanding that Nakba is still, you know, it's present and it's ongoing um, for people people still feel that disposition and still experience their dispossession. Um, and most of the people who are currently in Gaza, who have been in Gaza since then, um, are stateless refugees who were pushed there and have lived in refugee camps since then. But so Gaza, you know, um, gets occupied um, by Israel um, in 1967. And they eventually moved settlers in, Israeli settlers in. Those settlers are removed in what's called disengagement in 2006, and then the next year blockade um, begins. And that blockade is really quite brutal, um, keeping Palestinians locked into Gaza um, by air and sea um, and land. So you know the fence um, all around. Um, It's it's. Complete control that mm-hmm. that Israel exerts, um, and then allow time Palestinians um, out to conduct work. Um, as we've seen, you know the effects of that. the Palestinians from Gaza who are in um, what's called 48, or sort of the main part of Israel. Um, at, when when this current um, onslaught began, they've now you know. Been um, locked up um, in Israeli prisons, and, and you know, um, because because they were in there at that that time. Mm. Um, so you know, that's another aspect to it is how Israel uses Palestinian labour, um, of course. Mm. Um, so yeah, so, so there's every every few years, and we've seen that um, in you know in the last decade, every few years. Israel bombs Gaza, um, mm. and when they're not, there's not, like, official, you know, so-called wars going on, um, there's still, you know, not enough food getting in. There's still not enough, you know, electricity being ready, and it's sort of keeping people at sort of a baseline, um, but not much more than that. So it's, there's a really grave blockade that's been happening for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um and then, of course, um, you know, because of these attacks, um, because the population changes, uh, the, there's a large number of children in Gaza. The population is really quite young um, in Gaza. So this is sort of the current, you know, this is this is sort of the build-up to, to what we've seen and what we've, you know, seen is, I guess, um, we can't separate, you know, what... Hamas did in in their sort of breaking out of the fence and and coming to Israel and attacking Israelis Mm. from this history. You know, it's all part of this and it's all part of, you know, Israelis have been protesting their government as well for a really long time. Mm. Um, There's been, you know, weekly protests. So there's a real sense of Israel is treating everyone, but obviously particularly Palestinians quite badly. And also, you know, there was all sorts of things going on in the West Bank. It's a very
0: long answer, sorry. Yeah, no, um, it's great to have... so much,
1: I think, to understand, you know. Um, and this is, you know, barely scratching the surface. Mm. So
0: I think it's really helpful. Um, thanks, thanks so much for that outline. We might go, um, if it's okay with you, Geordie, go to a music break and we can talk more about the current situation after that. Absolutely. Great, thank you. So we have Give Me the Flute by Hossam Hayek. Such mournful and beautiful music. I think a lot of listeners will be in tears after that account just given by Geordie as well as hearing that music by uh, Give Me Flute by Hossam Hayek. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. I'm Jennifer Burrell, and today I'm joined by Geordie Silverstein from the Australian Palestine Advocacy Network, sorry, Network, or APAN. Before the break, she was talking about the most, um, a a bit of the history and context of the hostilities in and around Gaza um, and what's been happening with Israel and the Palestinians um, for quite a while. So, Geordie, to continue, I guess I've been, uh, um, like a lot of other people, a bit upset about the um, uh, one-sided pro-Israel reporting in our mainstream media, only levelling out a bit lately. And when I say levelling out, we had the Foreign Minister, Penny Wong, calling for Um, a pause to hostilities in Gaza so that food, water and supplies can be delivered to Palestinian civilians. And while she said Israel Israel has a right to defend itself, how it does that matters, supposedly not bombing civilians and breaking international law. And then um, we've had Tony Burke, MP for Watson, advocating strongly for Palestinian civilians in Gaza who are dying in the thousands from Israeli bombing and the current siege. And he pointed out that you can't have selective grief and Palestinian lives at least count as much as Israeli civilian lives, um, which, of course, has been given a lot more coverage. So nevertheless, there has been a lot, overall, a lot of um, goodies and baddies talk on the news, especially um, by invited guests who are Israeli military figures. And um, in those some of those interviews, there's been dehumanising language allowed describing Palestinian people, and that's been on our national broadcaster as well, which of course should know better. So dehumanising or demonising the enemy is the oldest trick in the book. Um, If you paint a whole group of people or ethnic group as baddies or even not even being human, supposedly then um, that justifies doing anything to them because they're not really human. So, Geordie, with with all that in mind, I'm wondering what lens or lenses we could use to cut through some of this goodies and baddies talk and make some judgments about what is happening and what needs to happen.
1: Yeah, it's such a good question. and I think it's so hard um, when, yeah, as you say, the mainstream media doesn't tell the full story, and it's so hard to get that out. I think, you know, as you you say, we need to have the capacity to mourn, you know, everyone Mm -hmm. um, and to feel deeply for for everyone, Um, but to also... We need to be um, cognizant of the politics at play um, to understand what's happening, to know that we're not seeing parts of the story, and that's the case you know, for, for what's happening now in Palestine, but also, you know, for, for so many people um, who are being killed and, and facing genocide around the world um, at all times, it's really very selective um, and our media coverage, which, you know, encourages us to be selective in our feeling. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, in terms of, you know, how we cut through this, I think it's... Um, I guess a couple of things of understanding, trying to understand where our emotions you know, come from um, to encourage us not to just feel things and not think about why we're feeling them, but to interrogate our own feelings, um, to think about then if we're feeling something, what do we want done with those feelings and what is the response to them? Mm. Um, so, you know, a lot of Jews at the moment are saying, you know, don't weaponize my grief. Um, that we can that that Jews and Israelis um, might feel you know deep sadness and loss um, at, at the people who have been abducted, um, mm. at people who who have been killed. But that doesn't mean that you then go and bomb Gaza. Like mm. that's not you know as as the son of one of the hostages, Israeli hostages, um, said. You know. Uh, Something like you know dead dead baby doesn't the solution to dead babies isn't to create more dead babies mm. um, so having our feelings I guess open ourselves up to other people and, and to each other um, so I think you know that's part of it and and part of it is also you know yeah trying to understand seeking um, out information as much as possible to, to understand in more depth um, what is happening and um, and the information is always out there. It just takes a little bit more work um, sometimes to find it.
0: Mm-hmm. But at the
1: moment, really, you know, all over social media, um, what's happening and, you know, we also you know, need our, our media literacy to know who we can trust and who we can't. And, and as you say, at the moment, the ABC is, is not doing a good job.
0: No. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that, Geordie. And I, I guess you've already started talking about my next question, the subject of my next question, which is really um, about the conflict spilling over here. And I'm quite concerned. Um, we have a relatively peaceful multicultural community here. And, um, and I think we really need to make sure that it doesn't spill over here. And I'm wondering what we can do to make sure that tensions don't escalate and in Australia and Victoria and how we can preserve our own as I say, relatively multicultural peace and harmony here. So what are your thoughts about that?
1: Yes, I think, um, I mean, by reports, you know, anecdotal and also in the media, we're seeing, you know, there's no question there's a huge rise in Islamophobia and anti-Palestinian racism. And, you know, I'm seeing things myself um, as well, um, as well as, you know, a continued... You know, this, and, and, you know, this has continued and this hasn't come out of nowhere and, and you know, Australia, as we know, is, is deeply racist at mm-hmm. um, the core. Wow,
0: um, we're on occupied land here.
1: Exactly, exactly. And that racism that comes from that is, is really foundational to Australia. So it's no surprise when it comes out in other ways as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know, we've got anti-Semitism, and we've, which is coming from predominantly, you know, from white supremacists. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nazis who who take advantage of situations like this to really spread hate um, and spread violence, racial violence um, around. So, you know, I think, you know, in terms of what, how to keep people together, I think it's, for me, it's through practices of solidarity, um, through practices of realising that, you know, as we say, like no one is free until we're all free. Um, our, our freedom relies on, on each other and... and we help each other um, create that freedom. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, deep embodied um, practices of solidarity is really what is needed Mm -hmm. of, you know, speaking up for ourselves at times but also being humble and knowing when it's the appropriate time to step back and knowing when it's the appropriate time to instead speak up for other people. Um, So I think that that humility as well is also really important Mm -hmm. um, in, in creating a
0: sense of togetherness. Yeah, and keeping informed, of course, is really important because we've seen what's happened with um, people's susceptibility to lies if they're not making the effort to keep informed. And we've seen that with... um, Well, we saw that with the recent referendum where it's very easy to put out a lot of lies on social media and if people aren't informed and educating themselves, it makes a very manipulable population as well. So...
1: Yeah, Um, I think that's absolutely right,
0: yeah. Yeah, so what actions can we take, (laughs) Geordie? We're coming to the end. I can't believe it's so fast, but we're coming to the end. This is my last question. What can we do?
1: Yeah, it's such a crucial question, and, and, you know, the big answer is there are many things that everyone can do and everybody needs to be doing something. Um, There's really, you know, as, as everyone this is a refrain I'm thinking of the online. Like, if you wondered what you would do during a genocide, like, this is what you would do during a genocide. So later on, when you have to be accountable, and you're, we're all accountable now, but, you know, people will remember what was done at this time, and we all really have a deep responsibility to each other, to our fellow humans to, to speak up. So some of the things you can do are um, things like send a letter um to your MPs and to your senators, um, their, APAN has created um, uh, online form. It makes it very, very simple. You just put in your address; that populates with you know the appropriate people to email to. We've got a letter set up there that you can use, but we you know really encourage people to edit it and make it their own. Um, and you know, tens of thousands of people have already sent emails through that. We've you know, which creates hundreds of thousands of emails that go to the various MPs and senators and the foreign minister. Mm. So it's, really, it's a really powerful tool. Um, you might also you know, want to write a separate letter. You don't need to use the APAN um, system. If you have a... You know, particularly for people with a relevant you know, professional speciality, um, you might want to write a letter of your own and just email it directly to your local member or to the foreign minister, um, to the prime minister, mm. to the defence minister. Um, and explain, you know, in your own language and with your own expertise, um, what what is happening and, and why you oppose it. I think, you know, as you said, like the media is slightly changing its, its narrative and, and politicians are Come speaking a bit differently, but we need to support them to do so. So yes. the more that we can contact them, the better. Mm. Um, but you know, really use this moment to put pressure on them. So mm. you know, finding that if your workplace um, has some sort of collaboration with some sort of military, um, or you know, has uh, is invested in some way in Israel, you can also write um, and put pressure on your workplace. Uh, to rethink those relationships and those investments. Mm. There are rallies. There, there are, you know, in um, uh, in Melbourne, um, you know, there's the vigil tonight at, at 7 p.m. Um, at Fed Square.
0: Yep.
1: On Sunday, there is uh, the rally at 12 p.m. at the State Library. There'll be more rallies next week. So sort of every night this this week, there was something on.
0: That's great. Um, um- Geordie, I'm gonna to have to ask you to wind it up because we've nearly run out of time. But maybe <laughs> I, if they go apologies. maybe if they yep. go to the APAN website they can get yeah. update on events and um, other websites like Free Palestine. Yeah. Yep. So, so yeah, yeah. The best
1: places to follow on social media, Free Palestine and APAN, is where the most up to date information is mm, coming.
0: Thank out. you. Sorry. Thank <laughs> you. So don't apologize. Thank you so much, Geordie Silverstein, for coming on the programme today and helping us better understand the current military and humanitarian crisis in and around Gaza. And I also want to thank you um, personally, Geordie, for your own courage and integrity as an activist and advocate for Palestinian people because I know that must be put you in quite, um, you know, cause tensions at certain times as well. So thank <laughs> you so much for that as well. So we've Sorry. got... <laughs> yeah. Sorry, so thank you so much for coming to the program. Um, just briefly, a community announcement: Borderlands events, thirty um, A Pickett Street, Footscray. Borderlands has its AGM tonight. For I know everyone loves coming to AGMs, so twenty <laughs> seventh of October, five thirty. And also uh, continuing its conversations for our alternative economy. Um, there's one on the second of November, exploring degrowth um, with Anitra. Nelson seven thirty, second of november thirty A. Pickett Street. Uh, Thanks to our listeners for tuning in to Think Again today on 3CR Community Radio. If you want to contact us or comment on the program, please email borderlands at borders at borderlands.org.au. Our programs are available by podcast on most platforms and on the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia.